and welcome to this Property Life podcast. I'm Caroline Clayton and I'm a property investor and trainer. Each week, my friends and I will be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures in property. This week, I'm speaking to a very good friend of mine, Sean Thompson, who was instrumental in getting me started investing properly over 13 years ago. He's originally from South Africa. Sean came to the UK with £1,500 in his pocket. And while based in London, he started investing in Vitalets up in Burnley. Sean talks about investing remotely and how he has progressed his investing to now working on bigger developments in Wales while now based back in South Africa. He now spends time with his wife Cheryl and little boy Finlay while inspiring and educating fellow South Africans on how they too can invest in the UK remotely. This one is a goodie. Let's now hear from Sean. Sean, thank you so much for joining us here today, all the way from South Africa. We're very lucky to have you. Um, I want to just give a little background to our listeners. To uh, we've, Sean and I have known each other for a long, long time, and he was instrumental in getting me started uh, doing pro- uh, investing property properly after 10 years of doing it wrong. Uh, so, Sean, I think the listeners are going to get a real treat hearing how you did it, how you came over from South Africa, built a business so that you can now live in South Africa and live off that while still growing it. I think it's incredible. So please tell us, first of all, why did you leave South Africa in the first place to come to the UK? And how did that all come about? Well, firstly, Caroline, thanks for having me on your podcast this evening. It's it's always, always uh, a pleasure to spend time with you. I think, um, you know, like many young South Africans back in 2000, you know, I went to school, uh, I went to university, not sure about what I was going to study. And I think the the one thing that sticks in my mind was was a 21st birthday present from my father, actually. He gave me a ticket to London and he said, go, go and travel. And, and, you know, subsequently thinking back, you know, traveling is such a, a great way to experience life, experience cultures and learn and grow. And and I took that opportunity with both hands, um, you know, got into a plane, flew over to the UK with, uh, you know, 1,500 pounds in my back pocket. And, uh, you know, I really had this uh, this dream about about building an empire and, and, and wasn't quite sure how, what or where. Um, but, you know, the first thing you taught is go and look for a, a job. And, and off I went and uh, I landed up at a, a, a newspaper company called The Deadly Mail, which I'm sure you guys have heard of. Um, and started working there, you know, and, and, and I realized pretty much six months into that, that this was certainly not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, but still didn't really have a, have an idea why, uh, you know, what I was going to do. So really from that point was about, um, you know, I think they say when the teacher's ready, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I think, you know, it was reading a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad that inspired me. It got me into the mindset of, of knowing that I needed to learn about something in order to be able to improve my circumstances. And 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 that's really how the journey started. So, you know, uh, it, it's been an incredible ride since then, that's for sure. Oof. Okay, so you've read the book, A Teacher Appears. <laughs> how did all that come about? Or when you just find yourself at, or you saw an opportunity that you took, how did that all come about in terms of learning how to do something better? Well, so so I think I think one of the uh, you know one of the things that 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 the book you know that it says uh, rich dad poor dad is it it says um, go go to go and find people who are doing what you want to do you know that are actually involved in 
uh, not just teaching it, but actually doing it. And I think that's what got me into, uh, you know, got me into a seminar room. And I met this little bald man, short bald man called Mark, who, uh, like you, actually, um, you know, really inspired me, motivated me. Um, you know, listening to the, his journey and how he'd done things um, made me believe that I could also, you know, um, I could also achieve things. Even though I was a South African um, living in the UK with not very much money, with, with zero property knowledge. You know, the only thing I knew about a mortgage growing up was that was something my mom used to pay. So there was no prior knowledge or leverage or a silver spoon to, to fall back on. It, it really was starting from zero. But Mark... Mark's journey and I think also Mark's belief in me that I could do it was was the catalyst really for me to get started. Amazing. Okay, so what strategy did you start with? Because I'm assuming, did you have a credit file to get mortgage lending or any of that stuff? Like what challenges did you face? Well, I, I did I did have a bit of a, a credit rating, thankfully, because I'd been in the UK. I was sort of uh, mid-2004 that I got started. Okay. So, you know, I'd... I'd uh, applied for, you know, a credit card or two sort of while I was working for the Daily Mail. Used it very badly, by the way. Uh, collected bad debt rather than used it for, for good things. But, you know, um, our, our strategy getting started, and I say, oh, it was me, me and a, a guy called Matthew, very good friend of mine. Um, you know, we decided to, to start up north. So we started buying property in a, uh, not quite as far north as you living, but a little town called Burnley, just north of Manchester. Yeah. Not a place you go on holiday to, by the way, uh, a, a very, uh, well, you know, an ex-coal mining town. And I think one of the things that really resonated with us was was that it was low-valued property. So, you know, we were buying property for 25000 pounds. We were spending five to ten grand on refurbishing those properties. And they were sort of valued at sort of, you know, forty to 45000 pounds. So the, the ability to start with a low-risk um strategy you know yes it, it didn't produce massive returns but what it did do was teach us uh you know teach us how to how to start a property business and and not be at massive risk because my mindset before i got started was that i lived in london and that's where i had to invest whereas what mark did was open my mind and say hang on you know there are other parts of the uk that you can get started off where property numbers work and where it's possible so you know, the, the seed capital that we started off with was, you know, credit cards was, was one one strategy we used. Friends and family, you know, Matthew's father was uh, is British, so he had some money in the uh, sitting in the UK at a very low return. So we managed to to convince him to get started and, and invest in, in us and invest in our property business. So we, we used every avenue we could. We knew that uh, the system that we were, were being taught and that we were implementing uh, that ability to recycle money was was exciting, uh, and that ability to create cash flow from day one um, through interest only mortgage funding was was also a hell of exciting. So we could sort of see a way, a mechanism to be able to do enough of those types of properties to get us into a position where we had choice of where we were spending our time um, work wise, and, and whether we then continued doing that or we could you know effectively go into property full time, which is what we did pretty much 18 months after we got started. Brilliant. Now, you touched on something really interesting there that a lot of our listeners or our students that we've worked with over the years struggle with, that idea of living in one location and investing quite far away. They're very uncomfortable with that. And also the time element it takes to get to and from your investment area. How did you cope with that? 
you look it, it's not it's not easy and 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 pretty much uh bar f- you know four years of my of my property journey if you like I, i've always invested from distance so you know initially it was london investing up in the north um around about 2010 i started investing in wales um and still invest in wales i i did uh you know spend about from 2013 to to the end of 2016 spent three four years in wales um so so you know with me living in south africa now it's, it's something i've been used to and i, I think it uh, uh people who are getting started must never be afraid to understand what they need from their property business so set a strategy up uh, first and then decide where in the uk that strategy is going to work the best you know um people often get it the other way around they often think i live here so i need to try and force something to work in that particular area so for me um you know investing in london was never something that that was going to be possible for me when i got started so the strategy had to be outside of london so it forced me to think where could i get this to work based on my circumstances at that particular point in time um and, and then yes you know initially starting off it, it's not easy you know it's it's saturday mornings four o'clock in a car in the morning you know you're driving up four hours in the car you're viewing properties uh we could we always made sure we could get back in one day so we'd probably finish our viewings at about three four o'clock on a saturday and we'd get back to london you know that evening so there was sacrifice but but i believe in life you know if you prepare to do what other people are not prepared to do now you'll have in the future what they don't have and i think i think that was what was really what we what we focused on we had a lot of fun along the journey as well i think you've got to make it fun if you you know if if it becomes uh, another job then it's not going to be something that you're going to going to um really push to make work so the the fun element we brought into it in terms of you know I love people so the building of relationships with the state agents and builders and and all that type of thing i think if you can encapsulate that in the in the process you're just going to have uh such better results moving forward yeah so you started with the little tiny baby uh, by tolets uh, and I know that you were instrumental in teaching me about lease options. So how did you evolve through the strategies as you built your experience? Yeah, I mean, I think I was taught in a similar vein to 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 how you were taught. You know, we st- I started off with that base level of of buy to lets, um, and, and then moved into into flips. And it was really in in Wales where where I did a lot of uh, flipping. You know, uh, the bungalow strategy. You know, uh, old uh old ladies and old men selling properties to them um you know that worked really well for me um social housing to a certain degree certainly in wales worked well um i, I looked at 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 the next level um in terms of you know done options and all that type of thing but for me the real opportunity that i could start to see in wales wasn't the hmo strategy which i know that you and nick have gone into in a big way was 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 more looking at demand and i and i could see that there was demand for one and two bedroom flats in and around swansea um so i wanted to do something bigger and that's where we went into initially commercial to residential conversions uh you know way back in 2013 2014 so i bought a number of pubs and and converted them back into flats offices um and then more recently now you know sort of doing doing big stuff that had you told me in 2020 uh, well 2004 sorry when i got started that i would be doing today i probably probably would have laughed at you you know buying houses and knocking them down and and building new build flats and and also hotels so it's it's really is exciting in terms of where the property 
business can get you to, but there's a natural progression, you know, in terms of where you get started. Uh, you know, it's important that you take the right steps at the right time, you know, to be able to build your confidence, to build your experience, to get the lending that you need to do some of the, the shiny penny strategies that we like to call them. It's a, it's a process you've got to work your way through. Um, but it really is incredible how with confidence, um, you know, as you build that, you can really start to, to, to do some pretty extraordinary things from a, from a property perspective. Yeah. So the lending is one area, one element of this that most of our students forget about. They just run out there and start looking at properties and they don't actually think about how the funding is going to work. And it's so important because that changes every week. The lenders literally change their uh, criteria and their products and you have to really keep up to speed on how you're going to um, structure the deals. So talk us through maybe one of your, fav your, one of your favorite deals. Oh, there's so, there's so many, but I'll, I'll talk about one in particular, which I've just sort of touched on there was a, um, <clears throat> it's my favorite and my least favorite because, because I, you know, the, the in terms of sourcing the property deal, uh, it was in a, in a street um, or in an area of, of, of Swansea called Mumbles uh, street is, is Langland road. It is an absolutely incredible, um, you know, salubrious place where people want to live. So I, I saw the opportunity um there was a, a house that a, a, a couple had lived in for 27 years the four kids family had grown up in the you know grown up in the in the house and uh they really wanted to get rid of that property but you know they could have sold it on the open market uh, they could have probably have got a price for it uh but offered them slightly more actually probably the, the opposite of what you teach your students to do uh, because I could see that the opportunity wasn't in what was on the property, but but what could be done to the land in terms of where the property was. And um, we structured an option, so we had exclusivity on that land for, or on that on that on the on the building and land for a certain period of time. Uh, and then we went through the planning process, and the idea and the strategy was to knock the property down uh, and to build twelve luxury flats. Um, and, and the planning was difficult. Uh, let me tell you that right now. And this is where experience comes in and team comes in. Um, and this is probably the least favorite part of the deal uh, was, you know, the, the challenges we went through on three pre-planning applications initially, and then um, every issue under the sun, you know, it was uh, uh, issues with trees and tree preservation orders, um, bats and Batman. I'm not going to we're going to bore you with all of the the issues rights of light um and then highways entry and exit into you know obviously what used to be a family home and turning it into 12 uh you know individual dwellings we had issues with visibility splays and all sorts of things but we persevered and we you know we got there it took us close on three years to get the the planning approved um Three years complete, an option there, no lending on it, the nice option on no, it. No lending, no monthly payments, so that's where knowledge pays because it was how we negotiate. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. 
we are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. deal um, and set it up and gave them slightly more on a capital side in return for not having to pay anything on a monthly side. So you can see, um, yes, we spent, you know, the best part of 60, 70 grand on the planning application. But if we bought the property and hadn't got planning, we would have been, we would have been in, in a massive, massive uh, hole, not hole, but we would have had a huge challenge. Whereas yeah. with an option, we always had the ability to limit our exposure by being able to walk away from that deal if we didn't get planning with a 60, 70 grand investment rather than, a, you know, we bought the property for 900, just, just over 900,000 pounds. So, you know, it could have been a million pound problem uh, had we not got planning. But because of knowledge, uh, skill, team, uh, you know, we were able to, to limit that, that damage. So we, you know, completed last year. We're busy going. Uh, uh, through all the discharging of the the planning conditions, which are onerous, um, uh, but nothing you know nothing unusual, um, and and we're going to begin construction on that on that site relatively soon. So, you know, massive growth, massive growth for me. I think that's the the key thing. You know, you never stop learning in this game, um, and certainly to have people around you, which I'm pretty sure. All of your students that come through the property wealth system look at the mentors in your uh, in your wonderful team. Uh, they have the ability to see uh, what really is possible and what can be done. Um, um, and I, I think take inspiration, take motivation from that at every at every single turn because um, you know it, it is challenging at the end of the day. Uh, but the bottom line is it can be done for uh, you know for, from for each and every one of your guys out of there welcome back <laughs> going on there yes and the gardeners were about to start tearing this apart and i thought okay that's going to be quite noisy all right so did the people stay in the house that three-year period on the option um, the 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 mum and dad did actually and um you know that that was uh a slight challenge because uh you know, and, 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 and that's also where, where relationship building comes into play, you know, with property. I think the, the key to remember is that there are two P's in property and one of them is people. You're in a people's business. So, um, you, you know, the, my relationship with certainly the mum, not so much the dad. The, the dad we didn't really deal with too often uh, because he'd had a stroke, unfortunately. But, but with the mum and the son, certainly a very, very strong relationship with them. So... Um, I was able to communicate with them what was going on on the planning side. Um, you know, they weren't always happy with it, but because they liked me, um, you know, they were they were happy to continue with um, and extend the option as as was required a couple of times uh, with no problem whatsoever. So, you know, people skills within property, I would say, are a are a, are a massive bonus. Work on that. You know, pe people buy from people they like. People deal with uh, people they like. Um, that's gonna going to exponentially help you if you have someone in your team who's got those 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 people skills. 
Brilliant. All right. So that's about to go under construction. So it's not even done yet. What do you think your projected profit from that project is likely to be roughly? Yeah. So I'll give you some baseline numbers. So we bought that for £902,500. The development costs are £1.7 million. Um, and the estimated GDV on the low end is actually £3.6 So, you know, once you take into account finance costs, um, and, and professional fees and so on, you're probably looking at a profit of um, somewhere between seven hundred to eight hundred thousand pounds. Nice. And it has yeah, so I mean the three years to get the planning, I mean that didn't even cost you anything because you weren't paying anything on a monthly basis. So it's it's just the time element. So that can just be going off in, on in the background while you're doing other projects. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, there was there, there was fees and, and professional fees, as you know, when you when you're doing a project of that nature. So, you know, over the over the sort of three years, probably, you know, 60 to 70 grand on professional fees to get our get our planning permissions in place uh, was what it cost us. So I think um, all in all, you know, it, it's, it's been an incredible learning for me. You know, I think that's that's the biggest thing. Uh, it's helped me build an incredible team. So as we move on to our next project that we've just agreed uh, actually a week ago, um, you know, it fills me with way more confidence now as we go to and do another another big project. So I think that's that, that's all part and parcel of, uh, you know, uh, becoming an investor and growing as a human being at the same time. Yeah. So when did you go back to South Africa? What was behind that decision? to effectively leave your property investment area and business and, and go back? Yeah, you see, Caroline, I don't think I ever really had had fear about running a property portfolio from distance. So so that that didn't fill me with fear because, I, like I said, it's something I've been, been very uh, comfortable doing for a large part of my, my investment career. And I know that you and Nick also invest uh, outside of Scotland, so so I know that you are you, you are comfortable with that too. So towards the the end of uh, this is the great thing about property it does give you the ability to choose. I think it was a mid sort of 2015, not mid, sorry, early 2015. My wife Cheryl and I were were actually in Plettenberg Bay, which is where I live now. We got married here in 2010, I think. Yes, 2010. That's right. Okay, we got married here. So we were here on holiday. You know, one of our goals was the first two weeks of every January uh, when the weather was terrible in the UK and everyone was going back to work, we would go to somewhere nice and warm, uh, you know, on a beach holiday, Maldives, Mauritius. And we happened to be that year in 2015, we were in Plettenberg Bay and, and we were sitting having lunch one day. And, and you know, I think, I, think, I think the weather was so awesome and it was so terrible back home and we just thought it would be so awesome to spend more time with friends, family that we'd had on that particular holiday. And and why don't we come home? It always been in the back of our minds. And, and if we're going to come home, why don't we why don't we come here? You know, why don't we just give it a go in Plettenberg Bay? Because nothing's stopping us. We're not drawn to a big city where we have to go because we've got to work. Um, and 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 literally, you know, I think it was uh, June of that year, we'd rented a place in Plettenberg Bay for three months to give it a bit of a trial period to see how it works. Um, by the end of the year, we bought a house in Plettenberg Bay and uh, it was the end of 2016 uh, that, we, that we actually moved back here. We bought a nice little beautiful penthouse flat in Mumbles overlooking the bay. Uh, so we set ourselves up there for sort of commuting in between if we needed to, which which obviously I 
uh, did and, and still intend to do once, you know, lockdown finishes. You know, I still want to spend time in the UK, um, especially over the summertime, not so much over the wintertime. Um, so, yeah, end of 2016, there we were. We're back, back in Plet. And, um, you know, I think the major motivation is, is time um, with family, with friends. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we've been on safari together so i'm a massive massive lover of going in um and spending time in the wild and, and done that and do that on a regular occasion so you know that as well as you know we try to try for, for kids for ages and, and funny enough uh, my wife fell pregnant while we're in here in pet so you know call, call that what you want but uh you know positive energy all that type of thing um, it really has been absolutely awesome to be back back home. But but I think the major thing that property has given us has given us the ability to have options, have choice um, of how how and what we we do, and 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 we live life on our terms, not anyone else's. Incredible. So everything is continuing as before, regardless of where you are on the planet. Yep. Uh, absolutely. You know, um, I think uh, you know from a property perspective. You know, initially I was going back to the UK three or four times a year. Um, I haven't been back in the UK since uh, uh, January of 2020. So, you know, almost um, almost a full 18 months now. Uh, to be honest, I haven't needed to to, to, to go back. Um, and, and sort of looking at it from a, a slightly different angle, um, at the end of uh, 2019, my one of my best mates from school and I, we started a a business here to help South Africans get money into the UK um, uh, called Wealth Trek. And, uh, you know, the initial thought process was, you know, taking people on buying trips into the UK, doing live seminars, and then boom, the pandemic hit. And it completely made us think outside the box in terms of our business model, taking it online. Um, I think it played into our hands in terms of not solicitors not having to meet clients and bank accounts being able to be opened virtually. Um, and, and in addition, not just to me being, you know, being here over the last 18 months, we've had uh, students we've taught and coached and mentored from South Africa over the last, you know, um, over the last 18 months who've bought property virtually during a pandemic, haven't been to the UK, haven't seen the properties, they've got lending, they've done everything. And I would say in a similar process system that you guys teach that they've been able to replicate that in the UK with absolutely no challenges whatsoever but leverage my team and and you know initially we've really have focused heavily on Wales because that's where I've got teams of people that can can, can really help you know people on their property journeys wow so if there's anyone listening that stores properties for example in, in and around Wales then you're somebody to be speaking to because you've got a client base of people who are effectively looking to to purchase properties, right? Yeah, well, look, I mean, not just not just Wales. We're opening up the rest of the UK, you know, as we speak in terms of fully compliant sourcing agents who are vetted third-party service providers, uh, you know, that we introduce uh, our guys to. So, you know, so long as we like, know, like, and trust them and their compliance is in order um, and, and we've got a good... A handle on their business model then we we look to do introductions with them we're also starting a bit of a, a deal platform so it's going to be a, a a free resource for sourcing agents to advertise deals on for you know for our students almost a connection service which we've we've named deal depot so so that's going to be going live within the next six months or so so Brilliant. absolutely you know if if there's anyone within pws who 
um, is a fully compliant sourcing agent. Uh, Caroline, even in Scotland, you know, our students can get lending up there. Can you believe it? Uh, I've done some research on that. Um, you know that 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 our you know we'd we'd, lo we'd love to hear from you guys, and and there's a, a ready-made um, client base there for you because essentially what we're doing is we we take them through a process where they you know invest through limited companies. We help the company openings, the company bank accounts, the. Uh, the, the the mortgage brokers who specialize, you know, with guys who are foreign nationals and expats. So if, essentially, we present a, a a buyer who's who's ready to buy. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, absolutely, anyone who's got a sourcing agency or thinking of setting one up, uh, please do get in touch with us for sure. Brilliant. So Sean will be part of the Property Wealth System community, um, so you can reach out to him uh, there. But we'll have in the um, description of the podcast episode how to contact you uh, directly as well. So let's talk about your most recent project. So you've never seen it, right? Am I right? Yeah. The one no, no, no. no, no, I have seen it. I have seen it. because Only because I've been negotiating this deal for the last probably 18 to 24 months. So, so, so just before uh, we weren't allowed to come back into the UK, you know, there were, um, you know, there were site visits, there were uh, cups okay. of coffee with the owner and so on. So, so I have seen it, um, okay. but not for a long time, put it that way. All right. So how did you source it and find that it was actually an opportunity? So my PA, who's who's based in, in Wales, lovely day called Sean, um, she introduced me to the deal, um, put me in touch with the owner. Uh, it's a, uh, see what's happened in Mumbles, and Mumbles has recently been called the Monaco of Wales in a, in a, uh, a beautiful write-up I was reading a couple of weeks ago in The Guardian, and, and I think um, it, it is true, you know, in terms of the disparity of, of property prices between Mumbles and uh, and Swansea, which is three miles down the road, it's the, the, you know, in some cases there's a 72% difference in, in, in the prices. So you can see there's a, a town where you can invest in, in for cash flow and there's a town, a little village, not town, a, a, a village called Mumbles where there is major opportunity. And uh, there's a beautiful Oyster Mouth Center, Oyster Mouth Complex. It was uh, developed a couple of years ago, restaurants, a small hotel. And and anything pretty much you know uh, on the on the western side of that. So once you drive past the oyster mouth uh, 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 complex, there there is uh, businesses have pretty much dried up because everyone tends to go to this little oyster mouth uh, you know spot. And uh, anyway, so so I saw saw this opportunity. It's an old hotel, been running for a family hotel, been running for many years. Um, the owner wanted way too much money for it. Initially, when we sat down and had a cup of coffee, as, as you will know, is normally the case. Um, and, I, and I think that's the key when you become a professional investor is always be numbers driven, not emotion driven. Uh, so, you know, I, I sort of made it known, um, you know, what I was prepared to pay for the property at that particular point in time and, and was told that wasn't going to be wasn't going to be done. So he put it onto the market and I, and, you know, regularly um, sent a surveyor in there to go and do a bit of a site survey for me. A couple of months later, I, I sent my, my architect uh, from London down there and he went and went and actually met with the, with the owner. So there was always this constant communication over, certainly over the last 18 months that we were keen, we were interested. And um, I was made aware probably about two months ago that they were thinking of putting it to auction. Um, so, uh, you know, I think one of the things I was taught with auctions was was always put an offer in beforehand. 
um, you know, put that pre pre auction offer in, but but cleverly put a bit of a, put an expiration date on that on that um, on that offer. So the expiration date obviously always before the auction is going to be. So I presented the offer, presented the expiration date, which happened to be seven days before. Uh, the auction. He knew that I was keen, that I was serious. I had a proof of funding letter available, uh, you know, to show our intent. And um, you know, we haggled a little bit on on the initial price, but we eventually got there. So we're purchasing that for 1.1 million. Uh, we're spending about 500,000. This is a conversion um, of uh, a building that already has planning in place, actually, to convert into five flats as well as a commercial unit. Um, and the expected GDV there is around about 2.4 million. So um, another cracker. It's got sea views. It's probably 30 yards away from, uh, you know, from the sea. So I think it's going to do extremely well. Um, and we'll effectively now be running those two, those those two projects pretty much concurrently over the next um, the next uh, 12 months, 12 to 18 months or so. Fantastic. And you'll have the team that will be all ready to just, you know, uh, as the plan to sell them before they're actually built of plan or are you waiting till they're all finished or are you going to do some kind of phasing? Yeah, look, we've got two different build teams uh, that'll be working on the Langland side and uh, versus the Patrick side. Patrick side, you would have heard of Gareth many times, my famous uh, or infamous builder. Uh, you know, we've done conversions together for a long time. So, you know, he can, although this is a bigger scale of what he's used to, you know, normally the the, the the conversion costs that we've done have been somewhere between 100 to 200,000 pounds where this this is slightly bigger but it's still the same it's just replicating that process and there will be some challenges presented but I think we've got the noose we've got the experience to be able to overcome any any potential hurdles in the way uh, whereas we've got a bigger developer um, you know doing the the knockdown and rebuild of of, of um, you know the site you know literally less than a mile away from from where the hotel is so uh, certainly, the the Langdon site, which is the new build, we will be selling those off plan. So, 100% okay. right. You know, we'll be getting uh, agents in there to to market those heavily. You know, um, you know, once we get started on the construction. Uh, between you and me, Caroline, I don't know if it's emotion, old age, but the you know the 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 the, the hotel site. There's something in me that wants to keep those. Uh, the service accommodation. Uh, market is hot at the moment down in Mumbles. Uh, I know you're in obviously doing hotels and smart hotels and that type of thing, which is something I looked at for that particular site. Uh, so something in me is telling me to, to keep them and, and to look at that as a potential strategy uh, or to keep, you know, two or three and sell two or three. So we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, my account is badgering me for a more specific strategy so we can set up the right type of SPV, but but we'll get there. Um, you know, something gut feel there is saying I, I need to to hold on to some of that. So we'll see how we go. Lovely. So you've got your hands very full right now, all while basking in the sunshine in South Africa. Incredible. I think there'll be lots of our listeners thinking, he sounds as if he's got this all sewn up. What are uh, one of what's one of the biggest challenges you've faced um, as an investor? You know, you've covered a lot of ground. You know, you are basically from a different country, having to learn an entire new housing system, economic conditions, all of that. What was one of the biggest challenges you faced? You think? I, I think I think initially, um, as you being educated, is is thinking that you've got to be. Um, 
you know, you've got to be in charge and you've got to do as much as you can as you start that property business up. I think that was my mindset initially. But but as I started to grow, I think the challenge was to start to let go of, of um, the many functions within a property business. And there are many hats you need to wear, as you well, as you well know, Caroline, um, and, and focus on what you're good at. And I think that was the initial um, challenge for me was letting go, uh, but then also realizing that, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't do everything, but what you can do is you can get the best people um, that you know to, to take over what they're good at. And if you know, like, and trust them, um, you know, you can let them get on with what they need to get on with and you can get on with what, what you are good at. So I think letting go was a bit of a challenge initially. Um, uh, but, but I, but I do think that, um, you know, I do. I do think that sort of the the investment from distance aspect is entirely doable. And I think you know, if you if you prepare to um, put the the knowledge and the effort into it, there, there are always going to be challenges. You know, your first deal is a, is a major challenge. You know, our first property, I'll never ever forget. You know, there were so many challenges involved with that. Number six, Care Street. You know, uh, twenty six grand. We we bought it for five grand. We, we spent on the refurb and she valued up at 42,000 uh, pounds. I cannot tell you the, the learnings and the, uh, the excitement and the, and the one day and then the next day the world's going to fall in and, uh, you know, uh, we're all going to die and what are you doing? So all those, those doubts, those, uh, those questions that come into play. But, but again, you know, in life you, you, you have the opportunity to make decisions uh, about who you surround yourself with. So, you know, team-wise, I had that that uh, short little fat bald man who who was always on hand to to help me and and always give me and a bit of advice that 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 helped me to see things differently and overcome that particular challenge. So the challenges are there. Embrace them. Uh, you know, recognize them as a as a opportunity to learn and grow. Uh, but at every step, keep moving forward. And I think I, uh, you know, I watched you the other day on on one of your videos, and I think the that motivation in your heart, that 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 reason why, is, is what's going to keep you going, no matter what the challenges are. You keep that close. Um, you you look at that. You read it. You feel it. And uh, and and you keep you keep taking those steps forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate the power behind the whole reason that you're doing it. And of course, your reason changes as you evolve and develop and and grow as, a, as an investor. So I'm going to put you on the spot now and I'm going to say, well, what, what is it that keeps you going? I mean, you've got a pretty nice lifestyle as it is. Why still go down the complicated project route and keep going? What is it that keeps you driven? That's a great question um, because, uh, you know, it's very easy for the likes of you and me to to stop and to, to almost semi-retire. You know, the guy's... I uh, used to play a lot of golf with on a Wednesday. We're all in their 60s and their 70s. And um, I, I believe you're playing tennis with a lot of people in that age group at the moment as well. So so, so I, think, I think the need for growth, uh, the need for legacy, the, the, the fact that, you know, I've got a little two-year-old boy now who um, is everything to Cheryl and I. So, you know, the, the ability to keep growing the business on the one side but have the freedom – of of time to be able to take him to school in the mornings which he's just started which is a 
a privilege. Um, I don't see many other dads there dropping dropping them off, uh, the kids off, and picking them up. So, you know, I, I get to meet all the the yummy mummies, I suppose, which is which is also maybe not a reason why, but it's a uh, you know it's a bit of fun. Uh, so I think um, you know I think I think for me it's all about family. It's all about traveling. Uh, you know, we spent uh, you know some time in in June in the Sabi Sands, which is you know one of the top wildlife destinations in the world. Uh, you know, our little boy Finley was with us, and and we saw leopard and and hyena and lions with cubs and wild dog, and that those are experiences that 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 we can, I can I can give him, um, and and we can have together, uh, and and I think that's what life's about is creating experiences with the people that you love and you cherish, uh, you know, uh, because all of that type of thing can be taken from you relatively quickly, um, you know, and I'm sure people have lost loved ones unexpectedly through COVID. You know, I certainly have. So, you know, it just brings it home that, um, you know, you've only got, you know, a finite amount of time. People tend to forget that when they're in that rat race is is really just, you know, um, set something up, set, set something up that's going to benefit you and your family moving forward. Work hard at it um, and you'll reap the benefits, you know, further down the line. And, and I think, you know, 17 years into property, you know, not quite as long as you are, but you are slightly older than me. So, um, uh, you know, it it does it does uh, you know it, it doesn't matter when you're starting. You know, I, I would still start again now if if that were if those were the cards or the decisions that I've made over my lifetime. So, um, it's never too late to start. Get started, um, and uh, you know, really, really take the bull by the horns. Yeah, brilliant advice. I know that, you know, we certainly plan to be out in South Africa at least once a year and we had our flights booked. It was all ready to be joining you on safari with my two boys, but it all went wrong. So you need to, you know, I'm keeping a close eye on when South Africa is going to let us in. And then we still, we'll yeah, we still, we still on that red list, unfortunately. I've, I've also been checking. Even though we're getting our jabs now and our vaccination program is finally underway, um, you know, we can't wait to have you guys here. You, Nick, and the boys, you know, we've always had an absolute blast when you guys have come over. And, uh, you know, I've got a lovely, lovely spot to take you guys to, uh, you know, bushwise when you come next time around. So I can't wait. I know how you love the bush. Right. Thank you so much, Sean. It's been incredible. I think the listeners will have got so much value from that because the Olympics have taught me just over the last two weeks of watching them, like the, the resilience, the persistence, the, the right team, the right coach, the right, you know, just everything around at the same time, regardless of if it was sport or if it's property or if it's business or whatever it is, it's the same message. Success is constantly telling, you know, little clues on how to do it. It's just a case of getting yourself surrounded by the right people. So I'm glad to call you one of our, our network. That's for sure. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and may I just say, uh, you know, the Springbok rugby team has, has certainly taught me just what the Olympics have taught you over, certainly over the last week, you know, as we've overcome the lines once and, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully uh, confident and we'll be sending you a message on Saturday night when we take the series. So 100% agree with you. Oh, man. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> on that note. Uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us and I look forward to seeing you again soon. And like I say to all our, our, our listeners, if you want to reach out to Sean Thompson, um, you can do in our Facebook community uh, page, our group, um, and uh, in the, the bio there'll be uh, contact there as well. Thank you very much, Sean.
Awesome, Caroline. Thank you for having me. And let me just say to all of you guys at PWS, you're in absolutely awesome hands with uh, Nick and Caroline and the amazing team they've formed there. So um, best of luck in your property journey. And uh, hopefully we'll bump into each other at some point in time. Brilliant. I'm sure you'll agree that was a great episode from Sean. Lots of nuggets of advice and helpful tips and tricks that you can be using when you are either first starting out or trying to scale and and get into bigger, more exciting deals. I love how he's very candid about discussing living somewhere else while investing um, remotely. So while in London, investing in Burnley, while in London, investing in Wales, then moving to Wales, then moving to South Africa and still investing in Wales. I think it really is testament to following exactly the system that we teach and how it doesn't matter what you're trying to achieve or where you're based or what's stacked up against you as long as you have a really sound network of people helping you and a team around you that can implement all of the actions that you've instigated in the beginning um, then you'll go very very far i thought that the information sean shared with us was really really uh, powerful and just as a side note what property also gives you is some phenomenal friendships. And while Sean was a guy I met at a training course 13 years ago who helped me overcome my fear to believe in myself and, and take a leap of faith forward to, to learn further, um, he's now become a very good uh, friend of, of ours and we make it our mission to go out to South Africa once a year to um, go on safari with Sean and Cheryl and Finlay. So, you know, property can bring you lots and lots of choices and freedom, but it can bring lifelong friendships too. So a uh, big thank you to Sean for his time. So if you want to connect with like-minded people, if you're liking the content that you're getting on the podcast, then uh, join our Facebook community page, prop, uh, this um, Property Wealth System community page. And um, by all means, reach out to Sean at WealthTrek if you're based out in South Africa and looking to learn how to invest in the UK remotely. I look forward to bringing you some great content again very, very soon.